0: Oh, we're back once again the twats uh, yes we've we... got together quickly haven't we because uh, it actually what <laughs> actually a... listened to it yeah, exactly there's been a meteoric rise to fame we what's didn't the like it? count on Facebook we're, we're up to the
1: to the heady heights of 49 49 likes I think that's more likes
0: than any of my posts have ever had on my own page So that is amazing that's so amazing I mean I've had to up the security in my house it's been, it's been intense I know Kanye yeah. West has been in I touch. wearing sunglasses in the house and a scarf over the face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah alright good we're just getting yeah. it on again the trouble is though we've done yet another unfunny intro oh. play the theme song shit coming at you live from my mum's it. <laughs> it's me, Nick Lamley. And me, Harrison Hunt, a.k.a. Lenny Smeckers.
1: And we are... Tabletop, tabletop Twats! twats. <laughs> yes. yes,
0: I've done it again. Fuck's <laughs> <What's that>, man. <laughs> One of these days, Nick is going to turn off his phone. Oh, oh, I promise. Shit! Okay, so... Uh, this is Tabletop Twats, a podcast about RPGs and tabletop. RPGs sorry. RPGs and
1: tabletop RPGs yeah
0: today we have got so many features oh my God got yeah it's, it's it's chock full of stuff we've got features we've got jingles we've got shingles uh, so first <laughs> up what we're supposed to tell them about it. we've got what we've been playing the main topic which this time is how to dm a good game yeah then we've got challenges fireside tales and then we've got the electro letters yeah. so let's begin okay let's go Hello. <laughs> Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? So this is what you've been slaying where we talk about what we've been playing this week. It's a clever pun. Hmm. Clever play on words. Hmm. So what you've
1: been slaying, Nick? Well, I'll tell you what I've been slaying. It's Back to Savage Worlds, my zombie campaign. Um, and currently, well, we've had a horde to deal with, uh, unfortunately, for these guys. I wasn't too happy about it. And you went from one...
0: One um, shitty zombie-infested building to, to another. another. yeah. But you had and
1: to we, deal with some actual uh, moral dilemmas, actually, which was quite good. Some people,
0: and they were like raiders, and we had to fucking... Well, we didn't know they were raiders first of all. But no, I, no one, didn't you? And then we figured it out, and we killed a lot of them. With a really, really, really deadly trap that... That um, was one of the best fucking plans ever. Basically, man. what we all did is we hid in this room, set up, set up a bunch of traps, and... Kevin
1: would be proud from uh, Home Alone. <laughs> it was
0: really Home
1: Alone style. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, what
0: yeah, was the, what was the all weapon of death? death? Came, so, uh, well, what? what was the weapon of death again? For- the, uh, it was paint cans hanging from the stairs. No, that's the film. Right, sorry, it's confusing. Um, <laughs> How did you kill the raiders? Well, we, we had a couple of people waiting in um, adjacent rooms with guns, and then we had the scout leader character, Ernest, like go over to the corpse of the guy on their team that we just killed, and he was pretending to resuscitate them so they wouldn't be um, hostile when they came in. And when they came in, we opened fire, shot two of them, then there was one of them left, and... The kid character, Porky, had made this, like... was it, It's like a knife chandelier. It, uh, made right. from a torch
1: and, uh, a bunch with of and a bunch of knives, and a nail and a corkscrew, I believe, hanging from the ceiling on he the He just rope. dropped it on the guy's head, killed him instantly. We They didn't even get a chance to retaliate. No, it, it was... was uh, it yeah, they amazing. Yeah, they got minced. They got minced hard, not, mate. Nasty.
0: Main... subject. Main... subject. <laughs> Sorry. So today's main topic is how to dungeon master a good game. Yes. Typically, if you're bringing all your friends on, Ball. you're going to have to be the DM. That's we yeah we said didn't we? If you want to, if you're going to try and sell it to
1: people that aren't that haven't even um, got into it before and stuff, right? Like, it's a bit of an ask. Then to say, oh and by the way, you have to run the game. So we said, you know, if you want to get involved. Be
0: be manly, get out there. Be the DM. Be the DM, yeah. So I think I think firstly what you need to do, the first thing you need to do is read through the fucking rule book. Yeah. Because what you wanna do is have a good flow to your game and the way that you're gonna do that is by you want to minimise the amount of times that you're looking in the book to look up a, a specific rule. It stops the game, stops the
1: flow, doesn't it? People start to get distracted when you're saying again. Oh, wait a minute, let me just check the page. Uh, and if you are like me, you can't find the fucking page when you want to. When you, well, you need that, to find it. Yeah, and, and it means. <laughs> so what you need to do because you is, want to get it right, and you don't want you know, you want everything to be balanced, but at the same time, you don't want to be stopping people. So yeah,
0: get, I feel like a lot of players like have have. This not a lot of players, but like a lot of new players have this um, misconception that Dungeons and Dragons and role playing is literally looking through the book at specific rules and people arguing over rules oh, and all that shit. And that's what you want to avoid. You want it to flow and yes, be fun. This got to be the role play, so right? ideally, you've got to know the rules yes. first of all. Now that doesn't mean that you need to stick to every rule in the rule book because they're they're obviously very thick. But you you can. Strip them out and um you know change rules if you think your party's not going to have fun yeah, playing. and don 't be like don 't don 't let the game suffer from
1: being like you know really, really, really strong on the rules and making sure everything is by the book because the whole essence of role play is the role play part of it, and I think if you get bogged down in in worrying about whether someone should have had a plus one on that role and you know obviously it's,
0: don't, don't worry too much about all of it you know exactly and I, but I think that if you're if you know the rules and you've read the rule yeah. book doing that is actually easier If you know the rules it's bound to flow much better yeah
1: so a special push for role playing that way as well wouldn't
0: you yeah so you need to you need to know the rules and then you need to come up with basically a um, campaign idea yeah so come up with a campaign idea or buy a pre-published module and then start your game and then next the, the most important rule right a lot of new players as well a lot of new dms what they do is they'll create a story that they want to tell and I get pissed off when people deviate. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's not your job. Your no. job is to present a fun, open world or open area for the characters. To You're play. a facilitator, aren't you? Precisely. And you can't just try to tell this linear story because players don't want to solve puzzles and do what you want to do. They want to... What they want to do. Yeah, and that's the fun of yeah. it. I mean, you
1: might, the D, you know, if you're, you're doing it and you're a DM, you might think that it's the funniest, uh, you know, best arc ever.
0: But if the players aren't up for it, then. And they're not having fun doing it. It's not working. Because if, let's say for instance, um, you know, there, there's this door the characters want to get around and you've come up with a specific way that they're supposed to do it they leave by a bunch of dynamite blow up the door and that ruins that part of your story <laughs> it doesn't matter because the players have had more fun coming up with their own solution yeah. than whatever bullshit solution you had yeah. and that is that leads on to the next one which is the most important rule is to say yes uh-huh. and that feeds into the same thing it's not getting annoyed when people um change your campaign because saying yes is so important
1: I mean, how many times have, when we've been playing a game and you've been DMing or GMing it, um, have you sat and put hours of work into something, and we've not even touched it?
0: But that's fine, because, you know, you don't get peed off about it. Exactly, but the thing is, the saying yes thing is about, like, if the players say, I want to do this, Say so yes, of course, always. That doesn't mean like if they go searching for gold in like a lake or whatever, that they're definitely going to find gold there. Yeah, but it or means like, they can, they have the freedom to try anything. Or, or like one of our one uh, one of the play
1: one from our group, Ryan, right, who likes to try and. uh influence the uh, DM a little bit, when it's like, are you sure I don't find this? Or no, I'm gonna do it in such a way. And it's a bit like, well, no,
0: it's not Well, the last game he tried to... Um, Manipulate a toilet. Yeah, to make a laser and he was saying... With well, his bare hands. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like, it was the most retarded thing on the planet. But, <laughs> the thing is, when he said, I wanna do this, I wanna make a laser out of the toilet, you were like, yeah, okay, you can try it. Yeah, and absolutely. obviously it was definitely go, go to fail. It. Go for it. Yeah, it was gonna fucking fail. But that's what a made it funny and b made it fun for him because he was able to do it. Exactly. Rather than just saying no, you can't do that because that's ludicrous. You go, yeah. well, you can try, and he just mangled the toilet. And also, if you remember, um, in
1: in mangling the toilet. He actually created a leak in the prison cell, which then caused the um guard to actually unlock the cell and come in. So So it worked out, it worked out fine. It wasn't quite a water laser. It wasn't a laser, it didn't kill anyone. He just made a mess. But <laughs> the mess
0: worked. And that's why you can you know you never yeah, you never say no. Precisely. I mean I've I've actually played campaigns where um the DM has been like, I'll be like, okay, I wanna walk over here and I'll do something he's not expecting, and he'll be like, No, you can't do that. And it's like Okay, so why don't you just tell me what you want to do? Yeah. Why can't I, I do that? The funny thing about that was was that um I was playing a campaign um based on the a book that right. this guy had written. Oh dear. And well, he he'd written the book. Yeah, he'd oh. written a fantasy book and he we were playing the campaign based on You're what asking he, for he trouble, had written. Man. Yeah, and he thought his but his like book was watertight and yep. and you know, had no plot holes and all of this. It published? Right? Obviously not. not. It's
1: all. (laughs) But the thing is,
0: um, funny that it's such a bad book. And anyway, (laughs) the whole conceit of the book, right, was that the you um, had. These crystals that had great power—it's so typical, right? And the evil guys wanted it, and the good guys wanted right, it. Yeah. But we came in possession of it, right? And we—we uh, we were supposed to go along the linear path of his book and give it to the good guys, right? That's what he wanted us to do. Fuck but that. Instead, what we did is we took the crystal and we went. Uh, we said to him, "I'm gonna go out into the middle of the ocean. We had a boat at this time. We're, like, we're gonna go out into the middle of the ocean, chuck it in there. Nobody will ever know that it was there. Nobody ever even knew we were involved. They can all forget about it." And- yeah, and quest done in the first session within the first half an hour <laughs> no. we literally just like we're going to chuck it into the ocean destroyed his book in like three, three was minutes like, yeah actually nothing in your book makes sense and so oh. yeah this campaign that he'd made out of it ended well could have ended in the first 30 minutes but what he said was I, I was like right we're going to f- drive out to the ocean we're going to chuck it in and he goes no you can't do that drive out to the ocean D- drive the boat <laughs> yeah he was, like, he was like no you can't do that and I was like what do you mean I can't do that I just, I just said, okay, well, fine, okay, we can't do that. So we continued on the linear path to go and meet the characters for his book. And me, it was me and Ryan playing, and we were just, like, talking to each other, like, this this sucks, man. We can't do what we want. Can should I just... jump on, on the spot? No, man. You we were not like, We said to each other, should we just kill ourselves? <laughs> oh, no. And <laughs> we just beat each other to death. No, really? <laughs> the characters, we were just, like... We're like, this is so crap, we're just going to beat each other We're just going to hack lumps out of each other until we die. Anyway, yeah, so that meant that we had no fucking fun. We, we ended up killing ourselves to end the campaign there and then. Well, it's, it's, a sad, it's a sad state of affairs when the actual uh, player
1: characters are <laughs> actively committing suicide to finish a campaign. Because
0: they're so uninterested uh, in your wow. story. But then that's the thing. That's why you can't ever say, no, you can't do that. Because it sucks. Exactly, because that's the freedom. I mean, if I was in that situation and I I had made that glaring plot hole, what I would have done is when they chucked it in the ocean, I would have maybe had it so the bad guys could track it. Or something, you know, anything. Something in the ocean found it. Because you're going to do fucking plot holes. Yeah. It's just going to happen. But in, in that case, it was just like... He just railroaded the game into being shit, and it's, it's difficult to.
1: Do, I mean, it, that's what makes it so crap as well. When when it is railroading in, because it, uh, role playing is is that it's you know your biggest gift is your imagination, mm-hmm. and to try and um, try and corral that into something is like it's unfair. It's the idea is, is to make crazy f- situations happen, and if you're just like, oh, I don't like the sound of that, it's like you shouldn't be DMing.
0: Yeah, you shouldn't be a DM if you if you want to. If you want to tell a story, you should be a DM if you want to create a cool world for people to interact and with. And make a story yeah. with your player
1: characters. Yeah, but exactly. if you want them to just live in your story, then, well, yeah, right. Yeah, you're going to be a shit DM, Exactly. Yeah, it's not going to work. You're in the wrong game. I'm just a man walking down the street, and here I
0: come, and I'm looking, looking Fuck off! Oh, shut up! What? I'm a fucking northerner. Give us your fucking phone. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Oh, you got podcasts on it. <laughs> got any good ones? Well... Only tabletop twerps. Shut the fuck up. Well, uh, so when you start your 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 campaign, right? If you're not using a pre published module, then you're going to need to create a world for the characters to interact with. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're planning for a long, se- long session. If you're session. planning for a long one, if if it's if it's a shorter one, yeah, you you know you still need to do it, but it can be a smaller area.
1: Because we like, I, mean, so I suppose we 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 think about like us. We've got a group and we meet up once a week, and it's you know we meet with each other
0: yeah so we we tend to create quite big worlds knowing that well, this we got is got to go along with a big story do not we yeah exactly but there, there's quite an easy way around that if you feel like because if you feel like you don't want to do all of that stuff um, you know you don't want to create an entire fucking country yeah. all of this shit and it's going to take fucking forever to draw all the maps and all of that you don't need to Start the party in a small portion of your world. That's what I did in our Call of Cthulhu one. Okay, remember the first one? It was just a it was a map that I drew on MS Paint. Oh yeah, your most basic map ever, yeah. But it's it but it worked. It was it, fine. It was great. Nobody remembers <clears> that and goes, "Oh, um wasn't the map shit." Yeah, people no. were like, oh, uh, "You know, oh, I remember this guy, I remember yeah, That guy exactly. So what I That's did what you is with the world. I set the story in a town. So you don't need to necessarily build an entire world. You just need to build a space for the players to to exist in. Yeah. And I built a town and made sure I had plenty of buildings and plenty of people about. You just need to plan it like that. So you just get you know get this small area and have the buildings where they are have a vague idea of where the people are where the different classes live or Mm -hmm. whatever and what the shops sell simple as that and then set a story in that world it's so easy just have a few notes behind your screen didn't you exactly and you don't need to come up with your whole story the beginning middle and end as we've already said before you start playing exactly that's a bad idea Mm -hmm. what you need is you're gonna go linear yeah What you need is an adventure hook, Mm -hmm. so it's different. I wouldn't have said, when I started the Call of Cthulhu campaign, I wouldn't have said that I had an ending in mind, or even a middle, or even the next session planned. What I did is I had um, just that session. I had the hook planned. So the hook was that you started in a new paranormal investigations team... Mm -hmm. And you have been called on your first job. That's right. And it turned out the job was much bigger than you expected. Yeah. Nice and simple. Yep. That's it. And all it was was... It gives a reason for the party to
1: meet.
0: Yep. And you were all there. And what it was was that there was a... What was it? The guy thought his cat was acting spookily. And when you got there, you found out that his butler was possessed by a demon. That's right, and yeah. And he wasn't even aware of it because yeah. he was such an idiot. It
1: was so stupid. If I remember rightly, the butler had stopped wearing his trousers about ten minutes into the game. and
0: the, He and the came actual... in serving tea and then dropped yeah. the tray on the floor and then the, the guy was like, oh, don't worry about it, he always does that. I was like, anyway, guys, what do you think of this? And the cat was just, like, cleaning itself. And he's like, look at it go!
1: Look! See, Isn't that weird?
0: Yeah, that's great. So but that's just an adventure hook. That's yep. not that's not a whole story that I planned out. That was just me going So you didn't have to spend weeks, even months writing all this
1: kind of possibilities down because at the end of the day you first I mean how how, how long is an average session? Three, four hours?
0: For us it's about three or four hours, yeah.
1: So but that, I mean yeah, you know, even that you don't yeah,
0: you don't you're not gonna fit your whole story into three hours, so yeah, a starting point. And there's a lot of discussion generally as well, as yeah. to what people want to do, so that takes time. New groups will always be um, polite to each other as well, so it's like, do you want, you've got to, maybe, if they yeah, they've never yeah. met yeah. before
1: and stuff like Where that. that but well, now we're just savages <laughs> now. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Um, but yeah, like... If, but the thing is, then your story can evolve thusly, because you so let's say, for instance, I uh, at the end of that session, I gave you the adventure hook, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you came across this statue under his the butler's quarters that was making him go insane. That's right, yeah. And that's that's it. You discovered it at that point. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any idea at the time what the statue meant, what the point of it was. I just knew that that it was there, and you guys had seen it, right? Yeah. If you got further, I would have made something up. But what I did is then I had a week to think about it. And I thought, okay, well now I can evolve the story from here. And I thought, I think it would be interesting if there were more of these. And mm-hmm. there were different types. And oh, they were so you all didn't have this
1: planned until... No, not really. That's really, really interesting. And, See, and that's thought, really interesting to know. Because we assumed that this was all part of a huge story. Because as a player, you were being drip-fed a story. So as far as you're concerned, the DM's written everything. Yeah, but, but I don't know what now. I do is I think about it week by week. And now I can totally relate to that. Because now I'm running my own story... I had... I had an... You know, I've got an idea. Mm. Um, and that's what I would call my campaign... Like, the general campaign is an idea that I've got in my head that I've decided on. But everything else is,
0: is fitting into place gradually. And the only bits you planned are for that week. Absolutely. No, not... Because you don't need to plan everything extensively. You can no. have an idea of what happens later on, mm-hmm. but you don't need to plan extensively. So I think that's a barrier for entry for a lot of new DMs where they think, Fuck, I need to do loads of work. Yeah. No, because... The fact of the matter is, is, that all you need to do is make a map, and it can be small, and you still have shitloads to do. Absolutely, it. they will chat away the characters. I mean, yeah,
1: give, and give them. And the funny thing is, give them something basic that you assume they will automatically do,
0: and they won't do it. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. like just basically like make a map, and that means making shops, a few NPCs, and having. Uh, you know, a map where the buildings are and shit, or whatever.
1: Somewhere so people can go somewhere and say, like, we want to walk towards there. And then you say, right, well, this is what...
0: And then you need to... Then you need to just... Basically, only plan for a week's worth of stuff. I would say so, and, and that's it. And, and that's what—that's how much simpler it is than people think it fucking is. Mm-hmm. So many people are just like stressing about it. I mean, you fucking—I was man. stressing massively on the build. On the uh, you yeah, know, every time, every time
1: we nearly got into a bit of a situation where some of the characters or even most of the characters might die in the GURPS game we was playing in your game recently, there'd be a joke passed around that they'd all just look they'd at me. Like, all
0: right, Nick, get your campaign ready. Better be ready next week. It's you theory. Like, what? <laughs> That was so funny, man. There was a point where generally just chill. where like they all the characters thought they were going to die, oh. and then we started chanting because we knew it was going to be Nick's Savage World's campaign. We were like Savage World, Savage World, Savage I just World. Just broke out into a cold sweat. Nick, yeah, Nick's eyes were like holding out
1: of his head. It was so funny, man. But now, now we're what five five weeks into it, and yeah, like I was saying before, I've got an idea, and I love the way the way it's going. But
0: you uh, had no nothing to stress
1: about. No, but no. you thought you did. But your that, group will give you parts of your story which is beautiful
0: exactly you barely need to write shit. You I mean, feed
1: off of them it's great and it's so really fun to just sit and watch it all happen as a gm for the first time as well it's it's really fascinating and but it's, that doesn't mean be.
0: that like that doesn't mean you don't need to think of uh, uh, it, you don't need to think of anything no not at all it you can't mean, just it, swing should, it every time what you should Nothing. think about is where certain people are in your world in the buildings and that. but also a flavor for your world as well you want it to have a, a certain personality sure. right? because it's not you don't want a bland thing like if it was called Cthulhu right, I could have said it in America in the 1920s yeah. instead of, I did a fictionalised country where these statues were basically making everyone in the fucking village uh, like in the everyone in the city insane well, where these statues were basically making everyone in the city insane so but only on a low level so everyone was really fucking weird yeah and I thought that it was a creepy ass town was it yeah and it well and there was like everyone you met was basically either a fucking idiot yeah. or, or, or completely eccentric yeah. and like in doing that it's just giving it a little bit of flavour I mean with well, the- sorry,
1: my zombie world is uh, I fed off of that actually because your town that you set you're called a Cthulhu uh, in is well, Cinemora and I've taken Cinemora and it's actually, a, it's actually the town in, 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 one of my, in my world because it's yeah. not actually because uh, I was the same with my zombie thing I was like right well do I set it in America where they've all got to talk American uh, or, or Canada or whatever and there's guns or yeah. in England where there isn't and it's only England and then I'm just thinking oh because I'm not very good at accents anyway and I'm doing some of the voices I'm thinking shit I've only got to do English voices I thought no, it's my world so I just create my own island that's in between America and England and say that it was. it's basically shared by the two countries and it's uh, was it the United Kingdom of States, and everyone's okay. either like if you're from the north, you're pretty much American, and if you're in, from the states in the south, you're uh, pretty much English. And it's a cool little world, and and gave it a bit of history.
0: And yeah, and just it gives it its own, own flavour. That um, yeah, in doing so, like that's a, it's just a nice, simple way to to like you know, have a flavour to your world without having to do much prep. Yeah. As if, for instance, um we I played a game well, we played a game that was set in the nineties and, and that way it had a unique feel to it. And we we us be
1: nineties kids, we could all relate back to it and it was actually quite a bit of like this bit
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this if you remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes but like no the funny thing was it was that with um with his campaign was that um, yeah that that had a unique feel simply because it's like not a typical setting for something like yeah. that yeah and then we had my Pathfinder one where I made one one simple decision right at the beginning that made the world feel different and it was that there's old technology um, from our time there, which is like guns and things like that, yeah. but it's all mangled. And secondly that... Uh, oh, they're ancient, okay, so aren't they? they? Like, they're like artefacts, aren't they, yeah. and ancient and stuff, yeah. And then the second decision, it wasn't one decision, but the second decision I made was that magic was rare. Yes, that's and right. And that it? Yeah. The, it, it was, and it gave a good flavour to the world, didn't it? It, it made it different to your normal thing, and mm-hmm. it meant that you were fighting cowboys with guns in a fantasy world, it so it was like yeah. nice and simple. And with that, you could go, you could go anywhere with it, couldn't you, as well? Which is the beauty of
1: it. Whereas if you're just setting it in one very strong genre, um, it's just yeah, you can't. You can, Flexibility is lovely, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and that's 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 it. You you've got to like just have a unique world, have some flavour to it, and it's it's not as difficult to make as people think it is. Yeah. But if you really, really, really don't think that you're going to be able to do it. Grab a pre published module. They're not shit. Some of them are fucking awesome.
1: Huge as well. Some of them can last years, can't they? Um, you what know, all them? from the books. Like the campaigns are so long. I mean, the Dead. I mean, Savage Worlds Deadlands is it's pretty much a whole mm-hmm. genre in its own. Um, it's absolutely
0: massive, I think. And there's there's loads like it, isn't there? Not only that, but another technique, right? If if you if you want to create a world nice and simply and have the players interact with it. Nick it from something That you know They haven't done So like As a for instance Your first Cthulhu character Was from The Dark Tower series Oh my god yeah
1: It's right so It's pretty much based on uh, Roland Duchesne From Stephen King's Dark Tower
0: Which is is just
1: incredible None of play. us have read it So, so none of you know He's a cool
0: character Cool cowboy it, it gives you a, it, And you can do that With um, your campaign as well So my um, Sort of first campaign It, it drew heavily From the Earthbound Slash Mother series Of video yeah, games That's right Because I love them and I know that you guys had not played them. Exactly. My second campaign was a completely rejigged version of Half-Life 2, basically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, the third one was completely original, but the GURPS one as well. I drew inspiration from Futurama and um, Cowboy Bebop. Brilliant. And, 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 like, in doing that, right... You, you, There's you, no shame in getting ideas from everywhere... Not to, even slightly. fill your world
1: up with interesting things and stuff. If you're into something then run with it, you know, like the zombie thing with me, I, I you know, I can think up some, I mean, we've got zombies that aren't your average zombie, it's not stuff that I've
0: thought of myself, but it's other things you do, and I've read a lot of zombie literature, but and... But then you've got your own original ideas within yeah. that, it's so your own it. spin on the story. Mm-hmm. It's like how, um, when I played the Fallout campaign at work, yeah. I, did, I just took the exact fucking Fallout 3 world and had that as the map, but the fact of the matter is, is that the story was completely different, because yeah. as soon as they got out of the vault, Instead of trying to find their dad and all of that, because. No one ever does that. Yeah, no one ever does that. <laughs> yeah, no ever that. <laughs> what, what they did is they were pissed off um, that they were. No, because in the original Fallout 3, right, you get let out of the vault to find your dad. No, you escape from the vault to find your dad in yeah. you know? it. But um, in this case, um, they were worried about the amount of food. So what they did is they asked them to, to go on a recon mission outside and then lock them out. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so what, what their whole plan for the whole game and the entire story was, was predicated on that one fucking point. It's they they were screwed over. So yeah, what yeah. they did is their plan then became we need to get enough explosives to blow up that vault. We're showing them, fuckers. Yeah, so considering that yeah. it took a nuke, what they were doing was they were trying to find enough explosives to blow the door off, then go in and kill everyone. What, and you <laughs> locked me out! Yeah, exactly. So it, it was like, that was a completely stolen setting mm. that I just nicked from somewhere else, but the story was entirely different, populated with different people, and it had a very different, more comedic feel than the Fallout games. And that those. was the most basic... Like, like you said, on the side, while you're at work,
1: RPG, yeah, it went on for ages and and it, t- and it turned Ryan right to RPG, and who then in turn got me into it. So yeah, <laughs> it, so it worked out <laughs> nicely. <Ten> um, <top laughs> <laughs> I can't do it.
0: Yeah, so basically, you've created your world, then what you need to do is you're going to have to populate it with a few non player characters yep. or NPCs. That's Those are the characters that the DM plays. <laughs> so, where, like, I mean, the best way to do it, really, is to base them on people you know or people from stuff you've seen. TV, yeah. films, anything. anything. Yeah. People you work with that are annoying. Yeah. I mean, I've done that plenty <laughs> yeah. of times, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like a lot of people will think about, do you need to do voices or do you not I for your characters? Say, I would say, you know, if, you, if you're comfortable
1: with doing voices, give it a try. You will start doing them but anyway. But even if the players aren't doing
0: voices, right then you still can.
1: It brings it brings drama to the game, doesn't it?
0: it? I think it brings drama and it creates easy distinctions between characters. That's true as well, Because you yeah. often meet a lot of people, right, And in, in the games, and it'll just be like, well, you know, who's this guy again? Who's this guy again? But if you have these really distinctive voices, people are going to know instantly who they are. And they can be as stupid as you like. Like, if you can't remember the fucking guy's name or what he looks like characters will be like oh that's the Scottish guy Yeah, or exactly. that's the guy that speaks like a creep that's or, the guy with a really squeaky
1: voice Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'll remember it and, then from, and from that you'll remember things that he's told you because of the way he said it and you'll remember
0: like conversations you've had which can help in the quest mm-hmm. and the, the characters you know they, if they're main characters in the story or, or the guy's quest or whatever you, they need to have a lot of depth to them you know you need to think about what their motivations are things like that you know what they want what they need what but they're doing yeah. but you don't have to go way in depth just make sure each character isn't just a silly voice yeah definitely and also like I think as well with, um, with it
1: all like the character, the player characters will talk to your NPCs and you might have an idea that oh this guy's alright and you know and he's going to be quite nice but they might be absolute dicks to him and with a minute he hates them because, and that's not, you, that's not anything that you've done it's the way the party's treated him and you've already automatically got a personality and he's hostile towards the party now because of the way they've treated him yeah, and so you just remember right, right that a little jot down doesn't like the party and then he's made a
0: character for it. Even that's a nice, simple, yeah, nice, simple way because you can have characters that are blank slates and let the party. You don't know what's going to happen with yeah. yourself, yeah. Like, let's say, for instance, you have this guy. They, they, they're like. Actually, a good, good example is when we were in your campaign, where we were looking around that video arcade. Yeah. yeah, and when we were walking around, we were like, okay, we want to just start asking around, right? And obviously, you as the DM, you're not going to have every single person in the arcade mapped out. No, but not But you yeah. can just go, okay, you go up to a guy, and you'll have to think of something on the spot, and you'll go, okay, um, all right, mate, and you just do a voice, and he's like, yeah, what's your name? And you come up with a name on the spot. Yeah. And then the party you might say to him, you know, where's the, do you know where to find this guy? Does he drink at this bar or whatever? And now, then you, you'd be thinking straight away, okay, if the guy knows this information, you just you know flip a coin in your head, does he know, does he not? Okay, yeah, he yeah. knows where the bar is. Mm-hmm. But then, then you you instantly think, you know, not not like consciously, but you instantly go, okay. But why does he know where the bar is? Right, he's a drinker. Yeah, um, he goes there every day after work. And you just think of quick things like that. Really quick.
1: Would he tell the people the the question they're asking, or does he know the guy they're asking about? Would he be more be like, well, why are you asking?
0: A lot of people though, what they do is as an easy route is they'll have a twenty sided dice and they'll quickly pick. Uh, they'll they'll write down a list mm-hmm. of. Um, like physical traits, and then if they if the characters come across an NPC, they don't know uh, that the DM doesn't know you know what they look like and stuff. They can roll, he'll roll that twenty, and he'll be like, okay, this guy has an eye patch. Okay, and then he will have another one for a personality. Trait. Nice, yeah. So I've seen these out. tables in. in well, I never used them but before. I've heard that people do like them.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I suppose it's quite good if you're if you're just like yeah, you know, you're a bit um, overwhelmed by all these personalities you've got to think up. Then you know, yeah, let the dice decide. My
0: name's Aaron Rickman, and. I'm Jen gin- no wait, my name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm no, Alan- I'm no, no, I'm the
1: real Alan Rickman. No wait, I'm Alan Rickman. <laughs> but I'm not- no wait. No, what? No, I'm Alan Rickman. No, shush, I'm- tabletop la- uh, Tabletop twats.
0: But, but so, okay, to summarise, the, the top tips are, read the rules, say yes, and then we gave some tips on easy ways to create a world, so make sure you do that. Don't get annoyed if- uh, your story gets derailed in fact don't even make a story just make a world get an idea and then of course don't railroad if, uh, because that upsets people exactly and then the last one was you know how to create npcs basically yeah fill the world once up. you've done all that you've got your campaign ready yeah. go ahead and do it yeah and obviously as we said before um we can't cover everything to, to doing a good dm we can come back to this. It's a very interesting subject, but, um, yeah. But it had basic the idea steps. out there. This is what it did to get started, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And those are the basic steps of how to DM a good game. Nice and simple. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and just make sure make sure you're open and say yes. That's the number one fucking rule. Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah, do that. Make sure you do. Do that. And you'll enjoy it. All right? All right. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> on an elevated platform, and plus I get a plus one on my javelin. This is our challenge bit, yeah. where we have to give challenges to each other. Last week, I challenged Nick to do a quiz on original, advanced, d d so this week you get to start. Okay, yeah, I'll go first. Right, so this week, my challenge for you is
1: that you need to do a freestyle rap, uh, and go as long as you can until, <laughs> until you get... Miss mess it up, basically. What, MCU freestyle rap about RPGs? Obviously, about RPG, absolutely. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the spot. Well, I'm quite the talented rapist, Nick. Okay, alright, do it to this. Here I go. Yeah, this. Ready? Alright. One, two, three.
0: This is so fucking awful, man. <laughs> Drop it. I'm a level 11 wizard guy. I will put a fireball in your eye. I will do many different things, cause I'm a fucking wizard with the major bling bling. Everybody knows me, my name is Harrison Hunt, and when I'm adventuring I'll be at the front, in the dungeon, or in any other situation. Basically I'm known across the nation for my dungeoneering skills which are really damn good. I am a wizard and I've got a bit of wood. It's called my staff, and I really like it, that's right. Don't try and take it. Oh my God! I went to a dungeon the other day, Fuck. no. It. <laughs> no,
1: that's that it. That was awful. That was awful. I <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, that was so bad. Well done, Nick. My name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm. I'm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the real Alan. Rickman. No, wait, I'm Alan
0: Rickman. Okay, so now it's my, my challenge. <laughs> okay, so my challenge for you, Nick, yeah. is to call. Um, anyone you like, not a friend, but like a business or something like that. Right. And try and get them to role play. OK, we'll just for- force it on them. Yeah. Like it? Yeah. So okay. you can call them up, tell them a scenario, and get them to role play. Shit, are we going to get through it this time, or? It's got to be Domino's Pizza, man.
1: Thanks, Domino's. My name is Hi there. Um, can I ask you a quick question, please? Uh, yeah, so you find yourself with a treasure map in your hand and it leads into a dark cave. Do you enter? Uh, sure. OK, you enter inside, it's dark and there is, a, uh, there is some wood on the floor. Do you pick it up and light a torch? And what, sorry? Do you pick it up and light the torch? Uh, no. No? Oh, you got do you walk back out of the cave? What do you do? So you don't want to go to get the treasure? Sure, I, I don't know. What if I told you it was pizza inside? Sure, yeah. OK, you go inside. Yeah. There's a goblin in front of you. He attacks. What do you do? There's a what? There's a goblin in front of you. He attacks. What do you do? Oh. Uh, I, triple tap or
0: something.
1: Triple tap. The goblins down do you continue yeah sweet you continue for you continue further there's a large chasm do you jump it uh, uh no uh, you have a rope in your hand depends how big is the chasm it's a large chasm, large chasm. Uh, about 20 feet Or you go down the chasm, you find a demon, he says, all right, do you want some pizza? Yeah. Okay, wait, what are my options now? Huh? You go down and find a demon, he asks you if you'd like some pizza, yeah. he offers you a slice, stuffed crust, oh, you're the winner.
0: His name is Shane, and he is the champion of the dungeon. Yes! <laughs> yes. That was the one. <laughs> yes! Oh man, that was good. Hey, everybody, come gather around the fireside. I got a story to tell you about a time when I beat two goblins and three basilisks all by myself. That's right, I did it with my own two hands, and my trusty six shooter, of course, but that's not the point. Point is, I beat him. I won. Fireside Tales. So this is the segment of the show where we tell stories from our RPG experiences. Yeah. Last week we shared the story of Rex Baxter punching at somebody's door, and the story of somebody having a meltdown at work over an RPG. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so with this one, because you went first last week, I am going to go first. And my tale is the tale of Randy Dixon. Now. Randy Dixon was a character created by our friend Ryan, and Randy was an ex-RAF pilot, well, the American equivalent That's right, of yeah. an RAF pilot. And dishonorably dis- discharged, right? He was dishonorably discharged because he um, touched... He liked the ladies. Yes, he touched a woman. <laughs> and um, basically the whole campaign was centred around them being transported into the future and into another galaxy. And they were people from our time. So he was this failed military leader in another galaxy. And he was a sort of southern country bumpkin uh, oh, American yeah. guy who... Um, he just, yeah, just he just constantly thought about women. He so. was unbelievably stupid and constantly thought about women. And greedy, and greedy as well. And he was the funniest fucking character ever. But yeah. there was a, a point. Basically, all the all the party were bounty hunters, and they were going around space, flying around the galaxy, picking up bounties, doing things like that. And there was this one point where you guys um, were landed on a planet, and you needed somewhere to sleep for the night, and so you went into this inn and your ship was docked elsewhere, and you went into this inn, and in order to get discount, he offered to pleasure the alien lady who was running the inn. That's right, for a good deal. Yes, and she accepted his offer, but... Happily. Yes, and she was this hideous alien with, (laughs) like, this like hard sort of did we exo- roll performance? That we did but yes. she was this hideous alien with this like exoskeleton that opened up and, and <laughs> like revealed her disgusting sexual organs and he had to roll to see how well he did and he tried <laughs> to get out of it but he, he, she kept convincing him otherwise That's he right, was like, yeah. as soon as he saw that he was like no I need I need to get out of here guys uh, and I'm not so sure about this anymore, and she's like, "Yeah, but you, you know, you your, said your, no, mates to, <laughs> yeah, like, your mates are all gonna have. are gonna have to sleep outside if you don't if you don't do the deed. I'll take one for the team. Uh, yeah, and so he took one for the well, he gave one for the team. Now, should we say? Yeah, and um, she became pregnant. Now, what this means is that he, she, um, the way that, that particular alien race worked was that she gave birth to an egg instantly (laughs) that would need to um, be incubated for a certain amount of time. She
1: just offloaded all the duties onto him, I think. Yeah, and they were having
0: this huge argument. He's like, I ain't looking after no alien kid and all of this. I just want to sort out my buddies. Yeah, and he was was sitting in the room screaming. He was like, oh, no, what have I done? (laughs) And then the whole party heard, came along to the room, saw him standing in the nude, screaming over this egg. Holding an egg. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and he was just like, what have I done? And she said that he had to either send money... Or take the egg with him... That's right, the yeah. adventure of life. And what he did is he said, he, he stopped all his screaming... ...and suddenly, like, sort of, sort of out of character for Randy. He goes, okay, I'll take the egg. And then... That's right, yeah. At this point, he had a implant... No, not an implant. At this point, he had a cybernetic enhancement... Ooh. ...to have wings on his back. And basically, he said, he said, guys, I'm going to fly back to the ship. I'll, I'll see you there. And he, he left, left, he was all sad and he left and he flew to a completely different part on the planet where he he just went to a hospital, dropped the egg outside and then was going to fly away but he failed his fly roll to get away so Really badly As he was trying to fly, the, a doctor came out seeing what he was doing grabbed him by the leg and he was floating in the air trying to fly away while this doctor was hanging onto him So he started kicking the doctor in the face oh. trying to get, get him off and um, eventually succeeded and left the egg behind so he abandoned his child and assaulted a doctor yes and then when he <laughs> he flew back to the ship and he got there and the assistant that was on the ship was watching a news broadcast of him with CCTV footage of him kicking this doctor in the face <laughs> and he was now a wanted man or the most wanted man on that planet and then he had the, the very last thing he did is he remember he had a revelation and he was like oh maybe I've done the wrong thing I good on my bad decisions so he went back to the fucking hospital he didn't want to be captain anymore exactly he went back to the hospital and he tried to recover the egg by himself. That's right. And he did this right. by sneaking into an incubation room, finding the egg that was his, taking it. And then people saw, saw him as an egg thief and that he was stealing. And so all the nurses tried to stop him. The doctors. Violence was shrewd. And so what he did is he flew down the hallway with the egg in his hands. I think he killed a few people, Killed didn't a man? few people yeah. by, by flying into them and decapitating people, knocking people over on wheelchairs, people walking down the hallway. Carnage! The <laughs> he, and, he, and then he Brandy was... making good. And it turns out that what he did is he, he not only had a bounty on his head, but he increased it tenfold <laughs> by going back to steal the egg.
1: <laughs> Time for the final battle.
0: Magic missile.
1: Okay, so my fireside tale is from the same campaign, Gerps again, um, and this time it was about my my own character actually, Donnie, um, which was a bit of a meathead guy, bounty actually a bounty hunter from Earth before he uh, he was taken um, cryogenically frozen and found himself in, uh, well in another. Solar system way in the future, and he uh, he had done uh, he had um, modified himself as well. Or no, I uh, no actually no. If he, I remember he rightly, got forcibly modified. So he became a ship ward. Ship Walk? Walk, that's right. So he could uh, so he could send his conscious to our ship and control it. But when that happens, he, he obviously. Um, ejected from his own body consciously so yeah. your body would just like slump on the floor yeah so we actually had his uh, our companion Dr Johnson which was a, um, a gorilla that we befriended to actually look after his body while, while he was uh, walking and uh, it, yeah so a bit of a bad situation happens where Donnie had actually walked into uh, into the ship uh, which was he, we controlled the small ship and yeah. um, A ship went down on the mothership with a a cube of jelly that actually detonated our ship um, and in the process destroyed pretty much everything. uh, Killed the poor gorilla, Dr. Johnson, so shortly lived. What a guy. Um, Destroyed, yeah, pretty much killed half the party and (laughs) unfortunately at the time um, destroyed Donny's body because he wasn't actually part of the... uh, He was actually... His consciousness was in the ship. So Donny had the really sad... Realization of seeing his own body, or well, what was left of his body, bounce off the front of the ship that he was controlling with so his
0: mind. Man. It was so funny because it was, I remember Donnie was like, What happened to my body? He said, like, Guys, you got it? Wait, what the? That's my goddamn leg bouncing off my windshield.
1: It was so funny, man. He was sad, and then I remember he was doing his inventory after, wasn't he, of what was left and what we had salvaged on the ship, and he was like, We got two bottles of water, three pastoids. No, goddamn buddy. Oh, yeah, that's Poor, so funny, man. Poor Donnie, and he, yeah, spent the rest of his life as a ship. <laughs> that's <laughs> my fireside towel. Yeah.
0: In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the electro letter. Right, so this next section is electro letters, and this is where we take your questions from all the social medias. And we answer them. So, Nick, you are in charge of the questions. Okay, yes. Yeah, so we've got, to be fair, the response has been absolutely great this uh, this time around. We've got loads of
1: questions. Let's get involved with in. him. Okay, so our first letter is from Sean Hunt, uh, and this has come to us through on Facebook. And he's asked, when are you going to talk about one-shot campaigns um, and also online gaming like Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds? Well,
0: the thing is... We've right? touched on one-shots. Basically, a one-shot campaign is like um, a D and D game that takes one session. Basically, yeah. And we typically we do continuation. We do like continuing ones that happen over, you know, uh, many many Months, weeks. Yeah. But he actually runs some really great games in our local pub, and um, yeah, does these one-shot campaigns that you can just turn up, create a character, and play through a story in a night, and mm-hmm. they are fucking amazing. Yeah. And I think that actually part of the reason that we haven't touched on this yet is because. We want to have Sean Hunt on as a guest.
1: Absolutely, the one-shot master.
0: Yeah, because he is the—he's a genius at doing those. Yeah, because he doesn't get—he—he he just starts these campaigns with a really simple story, mm-hmm. and there's just so much happens, and he's amazing at creating something that can be played through in such a short amount of time. Yeah, he really is. Like, I mean, but he gives it you so much depth, doesn't he? Exactly. And in your campaign recently, like, what did we do? We we went into a flat and we killed some guys, right? And yeah. that took us an entire session. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I've played some of Sean's one-shots where. We've, you know, infiltrated a school looking for like this these drugs. We've interviewed people, we've beaten them up, we've found their leader, we've taken him in, arrested him. Like, we've done so much in one campaign and it's just amazing one so session yeah and you're talking about 3-4 hours and you get all
1: that so it's almost like an amazing film
0: yeah you get the beginning and the end it's yeah, amazing really good so, so yeah we'll save that for a uh, week we'll we will we'll talk about one shot campaigns and how to do them more in depth but I think we're going to have to have him on to talk yeah, about them absolutely right Yeah. and with regards to Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds so basically if you can't get together and play uh, role playing games with mates there are ways of doing it online sort of virtual tabletops I guess they're called and I've used Roll Twenty before, and I have to say it's pretty good. Like uh, basically, how it works on there is you can input your character sheet and stuff like that. Um, but we just had them in front of us and played. Right. Oh, okay, there. yeah, yeah. You can roll dice on there. It's got a virtual dice roller, and you can make maps on there using preset tiles. Brilliant. The only problem is, is that the preset tiles are quite limited, oh, and right. you have to pay for more. Ah. That's the only trouble. But you can import images. So if you just draw it elsewhere, then put it on on there, you can do it like that. Okay. And I played through a campaign which took... I to a campaign, actually, which took about six months or so, wow. I think. All on Roll20. All on Roll20. Okay. And you have a video feed of both guys. You can, you can talk using your voice, obviously. And it works quite well, but nothing beats being there with a person. Absolutely. Basically. Sitting
1: down around the table. Yeah. But to be fair, though, if it's all some people can do then why not? It gets your role playing, doesn't it?
0: Exactly. Um, I, I see no problem with it. I mean, none of us look back on the Roll20 campaign and go, oh, wasn't it shit? Yeah. Blah, blah. Actually, fond memories and all of fond it. Fond memories, indeed. Indign- and like, the the system is very, very oh, I've never tried it, so maybe, uh,
1: especially, have uh, you tried Fantasy Grounds? I haven't. Maybe we'll give it a go um, as well, so we can have a chat about that. And I've been me never playing online. Maybe we could have a little test yeah, run or something, and but, I can do a little talk about it. and see what happens. That'd be good because I have no idea. So you know, but the conclusion
0: like, uh, basically is that it they are very very good and they are useful, and you can do a fucking lot with them. Um, so yeah, if you can't get together with your mates, try playing with Roll Twenty over the internet. It is actually brilliant or fancy grounds.
1: Uh, yeah, so we've had a uh, question come through from Jonathan Samuel on Facebook, and he's asked, um, don't know what's on the first one, but might be interesting to talk about the history of the games and and different types people
0: play. Well, I would like to talk about that. I think mm-hmm. we touched on like a couple of different games last time, yep. but the history of role-playing games is so fucking in depth and varied and stuff so I don't think we can talk about it now but thank you for the suggestion we'll probably get to that in a future episode we'll do something about yeah
1: main bit okay so our next question is coming from Aidan Ware uh, and it's on Facebook and he's asked who decides on your characters and why Um, how in depth are these characters do you put on voices and dress up for example
0: Okay, so the characters are entirely your decision. You make them and you shape everything that they are in any RPG, right? Yeah. But you can have pre made. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can attend a game where a DM will just give you a pre made character. At cons and stuff. Yeah, or if you're doing a one-shot one shot and you can not bothered to yeah. teach people or whatever. And it just but takes longer, I so suppose. If you're
1: trying to do a one shot and you want to fill a whole adventure into like three hours, for argument's sake, so you don't want to spend the first 45 minutes doing characters. Exactly. Um, um, so
0: it really depends on the system. I yeah. mean, if you're playing Cthulhu, you can roll a character quite quite quickly it's well.
1: unbelievably quick to get a character up
0: GURPS it? is a long process yes. so you wouldn't do you wouldn't do that in GURPS um, you know uh, you might give out pre-maids if you're doing a one shot in GURPS but yeah with regards to like who decides on the character yeah uh, you do as the player basically and you come up with a character how in-depth they are is completely up to you I mean the thing is I would say go as in-depth as you can yeah because what you want to do, all you, all it requires is thought. You don't need to write stuff down, but you create your character and create his stats, and then all you really want to do is like add depth to it by having a personality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As a, a very good example, um, a lot of people will come up straight away with like a shitty, you know, one-note character concept. <laughs> yeah. All my characters, you know, a bear or whatever, and you're like, okay, but when that joke's worn off, what's the depth of the character? Yeah. It's going to be boring. Yeah. But with Ryan. He created a character called Big Colin, who was a great character. Wow, yeah. Because it started off with a central conceit that was silly. (laughs) What he had was that he was a gnome with a high complex. That's right, yeah. But he had this great backstory where he was a circus gnome that was um, pulled out to play tricks. And badly mistreated and stuff, wasn't it? And kept in a cage. And then he took um, the time that he was in there to learn magic from that's one right, of the other yeah. inmates, Without people knowing, and then broke out using that magic, and that was really cool, and as his character developed, he wasn't just a gnome with a height complex, he did have a height complex, but Still, he, yeah. he was, you know, um, aggressive, he was um, like a friendly guy who, who was very, very loyal to his friends, people he cared for, and he had a good heart as well, that was the thing, he had a good heart,
1: and he, but he didn't mess with him, towards exactly. the end he was... Pretty fucking scary. He was extremely powerful. Yeah.
0: There. So I mean, that's. And an he had example. the best voice. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But that's an example of a character that started off as a silly concept, and then he made it something more. I mean, I've seen characters before where somebody would just go, "Oh, I know how to do this silly voice," so that's my character. And that's the like, guy. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, well, you know, but that's not a character. A silly voice isn't a character. So. It's part of a character yeah but or, or if, if that is part of his character you know but you need to put depth into it I guess yes so we do look think about it as depth. a
1: person don't think about it as um, just some writing on a piece of paper you need, yeah. to, you need to really kind of just you know you write, when you read a book and stuff these characters grow in your mind and, and as you're reading and that you, you know you start to feel like you can you know them and things like that you know same with RPG when you look at your character sheet, don't have see see with a load of figures on there and stuff to play a game look at it as a personality and a person and let it grow and, and, and you know, and, and characters can change depending on what happens to exactly. them. Don't forget that. You know, you don't have to be. This is my concept. This is how it's going to be the whole time. If mm-hmm. it goes through really tough um, trials and tribulations, and and may get warped or changed, or you know, that can happen. Why not? People, it happens to normal people, so it can happen to characters. But having depth to characters
0: is allows for that to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's an essential part of role playing. Why would you want to? Role playing is. You know, assuming um, the the personality of a creation, right? Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, is why would you want to create something without depth? Oh, you want to be a go to for, it for it. Oh. go wild because it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's,
1: it's something that you can just uh, go crazy with. Why not? So I think that and it can one. grow. Yeah. So, the next question's coming from um, Eric Lamaru from the uh, Wild Die podcast, who's uh, been massively supportive for everything. Um, and he's asked, first of all, who is the real Alan Rickman?
0: I don't know what you're talking about. That's a, yeah, what is that? a weird question. Uh, well, let's move on. Yeah. Um, and also, right, his next question is of all the RPGs you've played, which
1: one would you recommend to a group that has never played? Call of Cthulhu. Really?
0: Yeah, easily, man. The thing about Call of Cthulhu, right, all it is is your stats are completely random so you just roll dice fill out your stats and then you pick your skills and those are based on your intelligence and your education oh I see okay so like all you need to do is just you know buy skills and and that's it it's so simple and it's so easy to play because every time you want to use a skill you roll um, 2d10s which is which is in air quotes a d100 yeah and you roll that and if you roll under the number of skill points you've got in that skill you fail if you roll no, you succeed if you roll that's under it, higher, it? and one, yeah. you fail if you roll above it. Yeah. So that's why it's so simple, because skill checks are so simple in that it's just you want to do this, roll your acrobatics. You want to do this, and roll your investigation. Yeah. And it's just a system of failures and succeeds, which is very, very good. I, I, I think that in terms of getting people into it it's so simple
1: it was our first game and that we played that you put on us isn't it and yeah. we didn't struggle at all really we did, we kind of picked it up quite well i think it's kind of it's there's not much you can get wrong with it it's lovely
0: no not at all and and, and you know it is a horror based Game, but you can use it for other settings. I mean, after the first one, which was strictly horror, there was a second that was like uh, sort of post apocalypse. That's true, yeah, yeah, it was still
1: the Call of Cthulhu system, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and we've done one that was an investigation one. I mean, it it really, really doesn't matter, but I think Call of Cthulhu is the easiest one to get into. Nice. Definitely.
1: I, yeah, as a player, it was great. Um, Personally, I think, well, for me, obviously, because Savage Worlds being my first um, time I'm actually running it rather than being a player. Um, I do really. Love, I think it's a really easy one to pick up as
0: well. The only thing I will say about Savage Worlds, though, is that I find that the book. Is is great and it's cheap. That's mm-hmm. that's another good draw about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But the only trouble is, I find some of the language they use confusing. Ah, okay. okay so I, that's the only thing I'd say would put off new players.
1: So might read the book and be a bit a bit a bit daunting for them.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean that's
1: just. There's being, a lot in there. I mean, for me, reading through it first time, when I first started reading it, I was like, I don't know what's going on because it's. I think it's just a new language you need to learn to read. But think about but that. then book. playing it. The it kind of makes you're sense. saying
0: that it was it was quite difficult to get a grasp of. Initially, yeah. like before you played it, right? Yeah, and that—that's a bit worrying for a new DM.
1: True, because think, we played. I suppose we had a little. Uh, we had a test play, didn't we? Me and you. Yeah. And we kind of got a grasp of it uh, quite quickly, but it was helpful for me to be able to go and have a quick game with you. Whereas, I suppose, if it's your first game, and you wanna, I, I don't know. I mean, there's
0: probably people out there who've played it as their first game and they were absolutely fine. Yeah, that's true. It <laughs> might just be me being a fucking idiot. But <laughs> the Call of Cthulhu one, I feel like, is explained in exceptionally well because it has all your items in there all your monsters and um, some setting stuff it has a a test campaign in there so does Savage Worlds as well but I feel like the way it's laid out and the language they use and the way it's written is easier for a new DM to grasp if you've never played one before Mm -hmm. I mean yeah I I, I don't know that's just my personal recommendation Split (laughs) by, but Savage Worlds is a good one as well because it's cheap yeah, absolutely.
1: It really is. I mean, it's the it's the most uh, best value for a core rulebook I think out there. It's got
0: Unfortunately, Call of Cthulhu is fucking expensive nowadays. It, it is. But if you don't, if you're not worried about doing stuff particularly in the legal way, you can download a PDF of it and okay. print it off. That's what Sean did. Oh, sweet! But I've got I. I'm very lucky in that I've got the sixth edition book, book, which is now it's a new
1: edition coming out because that's out of print now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the new edition's not very good. Ah. So sixth edition or fifth are the best Cthulhu ones. There's very little difference between the two. Um, You can find PDFs of fifth online and with six it's very expensive it's about 60-70 quid a book now yeah. but I was quite lucky and got it for 13 pounds check so. you
1: out well there you go well there you go then yeah thank you very much for that question and thanks so much for everything um, right so <laughs> our next questions come from an absolutely hilarious guy um, if you if you guys haven't checked these lot playing on uh, gathering of Dorks, you've got to go watch them play online because it's really funny uh, Gary Wanson beats McCallum uh, for a big Canadian he's asked quite a few questions he's asked a big Oh, yeah he's ask quite a few questions go through these one at a time okay so um, number one one, favourite system and setting
0: favourite system I've got to say is Pathfinder okay so Pathfinder is basically it is a fantasy one but it's um, a um, version of D&D 3.5 which was arguably the best version of of D&D but it's a version of that but with all of the shit bits fixed with regards to settings it's got to be Planescape Oh, that was unreal. If, if we're talking about, like, not ones that, like, published settings, not yeah. ones that we've made Yeah, our up. own stuff, our own homebrews, yeah. Planescape is so fucking cool. Wow, it's, yeah, it it's is basi- nuts, isn't it? Like, I don't even know how to summarise it. Pissing gods off. <laughs> yeah, but it's basically like this, um, sort of, <coughs> like an afterlife where it's just, it's it's a plane of existence where the gods just walk around casually and <laughs> yeah you see them you don't see them as gods you see them when they're on their like on a sunday yeah, when they're it, chilling you just, out
1: you can just see zeus just <laughs> knocking just, about you, knocking about yeah that was great um it's a tough one for me because um oh there's two i mean i like all the games we've played um they've all been really good fun there's not one that i'd say oh, i don't really like the system. Um, I love, I loved GURPS. Um, GURPS, there's a lot to it. Um, mm. I love the 3D6 um, system of rolling, which is great. And I love that what you get i suppose, sorry, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, and Savage Worlds is my second one. Um, and they're both generic systems, so maybe I like the, the generic system. Uh, oh, my favourite setting. Wow. OK. <sighs> See, I really like the... I really enjoy the futuristic, like, dystopian kind of... Um, Sci fi, no, it's almost sci fi, but like I loved that kind of futuristic deb- the depth. The one, yeah, I really did like that. Uh, and also, no, and also the Pathfinder when we went to um, city, uh, no, that wasn't Pathfinder, that was that was Cthulhu. Sorry, Cthulhu, yeah, but that setting I really enjoyed that kind of that bleak, futuristic kind of,
0: yeah, that was awesome,
1: that's really good. Um, but then my first time with fantasy, I quite enjoy fantasy, so I don't know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a tough,
0: tough th- question, really. Top <laughs> <twice>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, Tough right. question. face Gary. So his next question. Uh, right, yeah, so man, That was only his first that question. That was his first question, I <laughs> know. Oh, oh, sorry, Gary. Oh, no, he's going to be like, hurry to fuck up. Next um, one is, what's your gaming group like? Well, it consists of us two. Yep. Another guy called Ryan, who is a uh, fat oaf. No, I don't want him to insult him <laughs> here.
1: Don't say that.
0: Okay, Ryan, he's a, very, he's a very trim sort of guy uh, who's uh, really handsome really really great characters as we've mentioned earlier off the wall characters really un- un- unusual concepts he's good for that isn't he yeah and then there's the other guy uh, James who is an Asian gentleman who uh, loves to min max <laughs> and then we've got my brother who's Sean Hunt who asked us a question earlier and he um, tends to make so yeah well he makes out there characters too he's, he's the guy that's always thinking
1: outside the box so when we're a bit stuck
0: He's the MacGyver. Of the He's the, group. exactly that. He's, He's like, the
1: guy that can make a deadly booby trap out of like a toothpick and some blue tack.
0: Well, he, that was the whole thing in the first um, ever game. His flaming character gym. was a barber who created a weapon called the Flaming Gym. Oh, he couldn't beat the Flaming Jim, yeah. That, it was, that was dangerous, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were awesome. <laughs> and that, think, was so that was, was that. Like, was that? It was like
1: a mug with like um, petrol inside. No, wasn't it, it? Wasn't it? No, because he was a barber. was barber, so it was barberside. Yeah, but, yeah. A mug, and <laughs> yeah. Then he'd, he'd light it <laughs> and try with it. with a wick and he'd lob it, and it would just cause really, yeah, and it was that The was Flaming Jim, yeah, the Flaming Jim. That was really good.
0: So that's that. Yeah. The next one's what's your gaming? experience so so I suppose he means like what like overall okay yeah so
1: yours is better than mine
0: well I started by playing the D&D board game uh, when I was about 15 or so played that pretty religiously for about five years it was basically a very dumbed down version of the rules where you had tiles and minis and you had really really simple stories like oh you this guy came to your village and you need to go and find him he's been taken by goblins things like that and you go into a dungeon and and kill them was really really simple and we there were expansions and stuff like that we bought them all and we played that for fucking ever it was really really good actually as a board game it was a little bit like hero quest and it was great fun then after that, I played D&D 4th Edition, which inevitably always went terrible because D&D 4th Edition was broken and shitty and wasn't an RPG. It was a war game, tabletop war game. Oh, right. But basically. Or like Warhammer 40k or something like No, that. but it wasn't exactly like that, but it played like one. Right, okay. So it was fucking shit, and every game I tried to start up with that uh, went sour and was pretty much awful. Then I went on and played advanced D and D with a mate from work. That lasted one session total. <laughs> um, and then uh then Pathfinder, which I played over Roll 20 with two two mates, that was James and Sean from our group. Yep. And now this group. And now this group, yeah. Yeah. So basically that's that's my that's my gaming experience. And uh, my
1: gaming experience is a lot a lot shorter than yours. Um but if you'll remember from the um the first Fireside tale with the uh, with the Outburst at work. Um, that was Ryan, uh, one of our group's uh, first D&D games, uh, sorry, RPG games of you, because you worked with him. And he really enjoyed it. And he kept telling me um, that he was doing this crazy thing at work, like playing a role-playing game whilst trying to work, and kept going on about it and on about it. And um, I remember thinking, oh, what's he talking about kind of thing and not really listening too much. And then eventually he told me that you guys had out decided to actually start a game and run a game and asked me um, if... Yeah, so he kept just trying to sell it to me really and I thought, you know what, well, why not? Give it a go, met and you And played Cthulhu. And I played Call so of you've Cthulhu. you've been playing for about two years. Two years, yeah. Call so of Cthulhu was started... 13 years too now. Long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, yeah, so Call of Cthulhu um, and then it was uh, Pathfinder uh, and then it was GURPS and now it's Savage Worlds. Yeah. So that's my experience so far, yeah. Next up, his next question is... Uh, do you play... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, what's what's gaming like what, in the uh, UK?
0: Where's, yeah, sorry. What's gaming like in the UK? Well, it's pretty shit, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The, you've been pretty lucky, considering that you've actually got the, uh, one
1: of the only gaming shops in the South East actually quite near you.
0: Yeah, um, there's a shop near us called the Gamers Guild, which sells... Um, RPG materials and books and stuff but other than the internet they're really really hard to come by so back you know when I first started playing obviously you could get these books on the internet but only like imported and it was fucking expensive yeah and it's so difficult to do but like nowadays it's better because you can get all this shit on the internet yeah but you can't find and there's
1: forums and like-minded people that are actually already there that you just can talk to but
0: there's no there's no shops really that sell this no nah, they're stuff, very right? far and few between i think
1: there's a few in london i mean you've been really lucky the guys in the shop they're, they're nice i mean that's where i bought my savage Worlds rule book from and, and they buy minis and paints yeah it? and they've got a lot of rooms downstairs which is cool isn't it so it's nice yeah but that's i buy that i mean it's, yeah there's not much it's not a great deal is there really i'm not aware of anyway
0: no and, and it seems to be it's not very. Very widespread in this country, so a lot of people don't really play RPGs or even know what it is. Or if they do,
1: they're probably online.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Hopefully,
1: people listen to this podcast. We could change that. We can change. That's that That's the mission, isn't it? With uh, forty-one so, likes. So yeah, <laughs> you've that powerful forty-one likes. Uh, and he says, yeah. So the next bit goes into from
0: that really. Um, and yeah, so do we play in dark cellars under our local pub? Funny thing about that is there is a pub down the road that actually has a weekly D and D meet. I think they're playing 5th edition, actually. Really?
1: um, I think you're you're like the mecca... Where you live must be the mecca of RPG in the UK. Yeah, believe uh, it or not. It's quite weird, because you've got a pub and one shop.
0: Well, I wanted to play there once, but I was too shy, so I never actually went along, but they play in the Toby Carvery in Red Hill and oh, wow. I think they're called the Red Hill Role Playing group I think what? that's an original one yeah and they do they play in the basement now or yes they actually are... oh shut yeah up. They've, got, they've got an events <laughs> cellar and that's where they play well
1: there you go Gaz so uh, they... yeah they do play uh, in the cellar people of the do local play pub. in the cellar of the local pub so there you go um, and the last question he asked is who draws the maps uh,
0: the artwork's well, pretty good thank you for saying the artwork's pretty good those one, the ones that are on the Google Plus group. Are those yeah,
1: wrong? I popped a few up in all of them. But I've just put a few, just the pictures we've taken of our games really. Just a few. Okay, shots.
0: Well, those were mine. Your world, um... and actually, I don't think those were my best ones. Oh, That's a really? little embarrassing, I but might, but they're good. Uh, yeah, I. You I, I, see my maps so, <laughs> like a three-year-old drawing with lots of colouring in. Yeah, but they're good, man. But you get
1: the idea. That's the main thing. You don't have to be good at drawing maps to get your point across of where a situation is. I mean, you can just draw some boxes, and it works.
0: I do like to take my time with them when yeah. I can. I don't. It's me always, too. I love sitting
1: there. It's quite. It's quite nice to sit down when you've got a bit of time and just sit and draw a nice map.
0: But if you know, you don't have to. But yeah, I drew I the maps that were on the group at the moment. If you want to see more, then let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If you like the drawing, I'd be happy to provide a couple
1: for you if you want. Uh, yeah. If you just let me know what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Message us in. Yeah. Uh, but we we'll get to that, yeah. And I'll, okay, so next question. Next question is a bit of a big one. Um, we've got uh, it's from again from the from the amazing Google Plus uh, communities. Um, We're trying to talk through the fact
0: that I'm going on the laptop now to look it up. Uh, it's because I had them on my phone, but I've got no signal. But you have one responsibility, mate. Oh, Write down need... the fucking questions. I wrote a few down. Not enough. I did, I thought that would be it. <laughs> okay, so we got another set of questions that came in from a chap called Pure Mongrel. Now, who is this guy? You know him, don't you? Uh, I think he's an Aussie guy. Um, for, again, from the, um, the 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 lovely people at the Google Plus communities, really, so yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, so he says, As a gamer since 81, I've had a bee in my bonnet of late of how newcomers to the hobby get started. Now, I think I know what he means here, because back when he started gaming, it must have been even more difficult to get, fucking, get a group going in the UK. Okay, one, game, one game about back then it was huge in in, in America yeah. and not, not huge everywhere else right, yeah. and you know people didn't really know that much about it. some people
1: it. talk about parents getting freaked out by it and thinking it was like devil worship and
0: yeah stuff. yeah there's films about it man really? and, like there's a Tom Hanks film that is the most ludicrous thing ever where he um, thinks he's a cleric in real life because oh, of D and d persona brainwashed by d yeah for real <laughs> it's fucking awful all that rubbish but yeah, I mean, back then it must have been fucking difficult. I mean, we've spoken a little bit about how we got into it already, but it, suffice to say, it's a lot easier now, you know, to get yeah, into. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, so nowadays, uh, he says after that, he says, "Was it easy? Was it overwhelming? Why did you pick up the first system? Why did you pick up the next system?" So like, it was it was easy right and i can understand that it might be overwhelming with all the systems and stuff yeah. and all of that but i already knew about we was quite lucky cuz you yeah you'd had some experience in it and i knew about um call of cthulhu so i picked that system cuz i knew it was one was one those guys would like and then the second game we played was on um pathfinder because i liked it yeah. and i wanted you guys to play it yeah. basically yeah Um, then he says have you centred on a main system or are you still searching the answer is pretty much no no we just we like to I mean because we've got it's just one group isn't it of us that meet up once a week we wanted to play Shadowrun and it was too expensive so we got GURPS instead Um, we, we, we have gone back to Cthulhu once but we sort of like alternating them it's nice to change
1: I think I think the more you play one system you get kind of stuck in that system I suppose and it's nice to because we're still the the group is still relatively newbies Mm. Um, it's nice to just get as many systems under your belt as you can and then once you've played it once it's easy to go back to it I think well because
0: if you you put it in terms of video games you wouldn't just sit and play one video game forever no that's right so I think it's nice to play different ones if you can't there's so much you can do with a single system of course you can yeah so, so,
1: I mean, it's especially not... if it's one of the systems that's open to any kind of setting so you can literally just stick with one for
0: the rest of your life but we us personally we like to we like to mix it up and yeah. also like when we bought GURPS the books were 50 quid yeah we, we all paid in, didn't a 10 yeah. each yeah. uh, that, uh, that made it a little bit we've got bit them easy. forever
1: now so if anyone goes right I think I'm going to throw a GURPS game out no, no, next they, the they can pick up the book and, and away they go
0: so yeah so next so still, question. yeah we're still playing different systems aren't we? So, his next question is How did an all genres system like Savage Worlds versus a setting specific system like Call of Cthulhu get received by your group? Um, yeah, fine. Fine, yeah. They're, they, they're up for anything, aren't they, the boys? Yeah, so it's fine, really. I mean, the thing is... I mean, I
1: told them what my setting was going to be before I told them what the system was.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't think people are worried, like, where they're, like, uh, you know, that it might be watered down or anything like no. that, because it's not. I mean, we. I know that Cthulhu is specific to horror, and it is a little bit better at doing that, but yeah. in Savage Worlds, you're doing a... Uh, I would say it's a horror campaign, because it's a zombie thing.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and there's so much extra material for it. Like, I mean, even the Savage Worlds, I mean, you've got the core rules, and then they've got, for, I think, for about the same price you can get either the fantasy companion or the sci-fi companion or the horror companion and they all just kind of go in depth more on that kind of general
0: Thing. area you're looking at yeah if you're a good DM anyway you can just it, it, we never felt like it was a um, we never felt like it was an genre system No. We just no, felt like we were playing a zombie campaign yeah, no, yeah exactly so I suppose if, if I ever was to play another campaign
1: completely different I might use Savage Worlds again and the boys would be like oh yeah okay we know this system anyway but we're using it it's just dressed up differently isn't it that's all it is
0: exactly so his next question is, have you used many fan-made podcasts and or website-based RPG resources to aid you in your gaming journey? If so, which one? So uh, the answer is yes. I can't remember where I found it, but years and years ago I did a campaign based on an owlbear nest <laughs> you in, that before, yeah. in the fourth edition. Um, I just found that on some guys' website but I have listened to The Adventure Zone which is a fairly popular podcast by uh, the McElroy brothers um, and their dad who play D&D 5th edition D&D 5th edition sucks but the podcast is great to listen to because it's entertaining and funny but I have nicked ideas from it Spoonie's got to be a big one as well Oh Spoonie as well yeah Um, Google Spoonie um, The Spoonie Experiment or look up his Counter Monkey series. On because YouTube, yeah. That is a series of videos about his RPG experiences,
1: and they're great if you're picking it up and want to look into Jim. I mean, it's just it's not he doesn't go. He's it's, it's, what was it, it's more he tells stories about RPG rather than. You Know f- 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 talking about all the system and mechanics and stuff, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, I mean, but it's a bit of both, really. Tips there's there's tips that you will learn a lot. There are a lot of funny stories in there, yeah, genuinely brilliant. Yeah, it's very story. funny. Um, I
1: well, to be honest with you, yeah, the podcast again on the Google Plus, I've been looking at it's when I started getting into Savage Worlds to run my own game. I started, uh, obviously looking at all the communities and things, and I listened to. All the Wild die podcasts because they're hilarious and really good to get you teaching uh, to, to to understand Savage well. So They've really helped me out. Uh, so well done there, guys. And also, no um, oh, shit, I don't know. Oh, Drive Through RPGs is a very very good website for um, getting PDFs and downloads and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which is always good what um,
0: was that other podcast you were listening
1: to oh uh, Gathering of Dorks oh yeah no, that's, no, that's just hilarious and the other if you just want to laugh I'll tell you what get on to the, yeah, the Gathering of Dorks and listen to some of their uh, their, their, their playthroughs so yeah, they're they, the ones that did the Forget About It that's it that's what Eric Lameru uh, actually wrote which is a one shot uh, written by Eric Lameru which is Forget About It and it's fantastic so if you've got some time <laughs> go
0: check them guys out because they are generally hilarious well, wasn't and, there some weird rule in, in
1: uh, the Forget About It campaign it was like a... yeah so they had a, they had a, he he written in a a um, uh, setting uh, rule yeah if you check out the camera of dogs doing it Jamie I'm not sure if Jamie runs it how Eric would have liked but uh, I'll tell you what it's, it's comedy gold but one of the rules I had was that if you can um, say hey forget about it in context and it was hilarious uh, and made everyone laugh then you get right. a Benny, which is absolutely great. So a Benny, I should say, is basically a... You can spend it to re It's a token to re-roll, so... Um, and, yeah, that, that they play that, and it's that is, that is a very good laugh for the government of Dogs. So yeah, nice. check that out. So, yeah, that's the Nerds International So, Pure Mum
0: last question, then. Yep. Are you sick of us Australians being better at sport than you poms? What's sport, then? What is sport? I don't know. I've never played a sport. I can run a dice break, Yeah. Sweet. Sport. Sp- stuff. What? Run. I don't even
1: that would do. <laughs> <laughs> My name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm Alan No, I'm, I'm, I'm the real Alan Rickman. No, wait, I'm Alan Rickman.
0: Um, Alright, last one is from Eric Lamoureux again. right? Um, he says, what level is the queen and how many hit points do our dogs have? Well... Uh, well, I don't know. The, the thing is... What, what class would the queen be? Because <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know she'd be like level one I feel like she don't uh, do much does she yeah because I I, you know like in, in Pathfinder you have like these I reckon the corgis would be tougher than her yeah and if you can get past the corgis then well they're only small anyway
1: that's true so they pump them out the way so teeth though go up to her
0: punch take, her and the take her off <laughs> we <laughs> shouldn't say that we can get hung for that I'm not getting hung nobody's <laughs> hanging me she's only level one she couldn't hang me that's true She set her swans on you the fact of the matter is, is I'm I'm just talking about how to beat up the Queen because I think it, it sort of it makes you realise what kind of level she is, and I reckon I could do it quite easily. It's all the goons that are protecting her, man. That's the fight. That's the fight. On a one-on-one fight, you against Queenie, Queenie, I would kick her ass. There you go. So Queen, if you're listening, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> um,
1: oh, and we had one more question from. Um, uh, Craig Easton again, our number one fan, uh, uh, on Facebook. And he
0: asks, who would win out of a fight between a Jedi and a wizard? Well, we did consider for a bit um, doing an actual role play and rolling up a Jedi and a wizard in curbs yeah. to do this, but that would take an entire podcast worth of material it to do. It would be really rubbish. So, I'm going to say something unbelievably nerdy, right? Cool. Is that in the Star Wars tabletop RPGs, one of the only things that can kill a Jedi is fire. Ooh, and wizards in Pathfinder have fire spells. Okay. So I'm just putting that one out there. You, you make up the rest,
1: everybody, listeners. You decide. I suppose you can't. We can't really, no, but say can't you really decide because really wizard, basically. You're saying wizard. I'm going wizard. But what if? I'm well, going full what wizard. What if? What if the Jedi could use the Force to stop said firebolt and send it back at wizards? It's not how it works in the RPG, man. Okay. There you have it. Wizard. Wizard wins. Wizard. Oh uh, hello, it's me. John Dupree. <laughs> <So bad. laughs> um. What a load of bollocks. Well, no, uh, if you have enjoyed it, then obviously please do get in touch with us. Um, you can get hold of us, as
0: always, at tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Or you can get in contact with us on Twitter at tabletoptwats. Yep. Or there's Facebook forward slash tabletoptwats. I couldn't say twats and there's a Google Plus group I don't and know how that works the amazing Google
1: Plus yeah you're not really on that that much um, and the niggas in charge of that I've been manning the Google Plus and that is by far the most friendly supportive um, bunch of people out there for RPG I mean I've been chatting to the Savage World guys because obviously I've um, been getting into it and yeah they're just great guys and they're really really helpful like, I was thinking oh my god what would, you know, what is everyone going to be like just not talk to me. <laughs> Be my friend. But yeah, it's been incredible. So I'd just like to say thank you to everybody um, that's helped us out and been supportive and that.
0: And I know we've already mentioned it before, we want to give um, two shout-outs... One of which to the Wild Die podcast. Yep. Those guys are awesome yep. and we really like what they do. Yep. And of course, there is the other one, The Gathering of Dorks. Which is just. It, I haven't listened to that yet, but I'm going Okay, I'm so gonna
1: do it. So The Wild Die is uh, is learning about Savage Worlds and The Gathering of Dorks is just a load of lads getting drunk, having a laugh and just playing. So, uh, but that's a bit more, uh, a few more swearers in that one. <laughs> but yeah, they're absolutely brilliant. So get over and check them out. You yeah, haven't already, which I'm sure you all have. So, anyway, yeah, uh, so that's pretty much for uh, it from us on episode two of Taper Top Sweats. And, yeah, um, uh, Wait, 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 what?
0: sorry, man, I just need to, um... What? I need to go out for a sec. Yeah, no, no, because I need to go to the shop to now? get some... Now? Yeah, no, I need to get a no, wait, home, no. mate. I'm just... No, go I'm, not... I'm only gonna be like five minutes. Oh, fuck's sake. Go. All right. See ya. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, so that is... So that's just... Oh. Who's that? Hello? Hello. Who's that? It's me, Alan Rickman. What the fuck? I'm I'm here because because I I need to talk to you about something. What? <laughs>